had a lot of fun this week at VBS. We got a little crazy with our hair, you know. We wore neon one day, and we ate some really silly snacks that looked like scooters and airplanes and skateboards. Um, but it was a great time being focused on Jesus and being focused on being on the move for him for the rest of our lives. Our theme verse that we focused on the whole entire week was from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. And the cool thing about this verse is all the way back in January, Tyson preached about this verse as a, a charge for us to get the new year started. And this week at VBS, here six months later, we're teaching our kids about this verse as well. So I'm going to invite Tyler Goodson up um, to say our verse for us. He is a fifth grader, and he would like to say our verse from Hebrews. Let us keep looking to Jesus. He is the one who started this journey of faith, and he is the one who completes the journey of faith. Hebrews 12, 2. Good job. Good job, Tyler. Good job. Good job. Now, sadly, this is Tyler's last year to be a kid at VBS, but we sure hope next year he comes back and wants to lead and serve, and I think he would be pretty good as a preschool game helper. I, can, I could see that, Tyler, so I hope I see that next year. But what do you love about VBS? Snack because of all the hard work they did to make cool objects out of the food. Very good, yes. Our snack team worked really hard this year and did a phenomenal job. And we thank you for all the donations that you brought in for us to make incredible snacks. So thanks, Tyler. Good job. Great job, Tyler. Let's give it up for him again. As Tiffany shared, every day VBS focused on something about Jesus as we focused on him. Uh, day one was this idea that we do what Jesus says. Now, how many of you parents would love it if your kids do what you said, right? Raise your hand, grandparents. But even before than that, even more important than that, we're asking these boys and girls to do what Jesus says. But here's the reality. We need to do what Jesus says, no matter if we're five years old, fifth grade, or no matter how long we are in our faith, we're to do what Jesus says. You may have heard me say this. It's one of the things that you'll hear over and over again as we study God's word. We need to let the word win. That's doing what Jesus says. So let me ask you parents and grandparents, you teenagers uh, and the children, have you let the word win this, lot, uh, this week? Uh, Jesus said this, he, he taught a parable in the Bible uh, about a guy who built his house on a rock and then a guy who built his house on the sand. It was much easier, quicker to build on the sand. He could move uh, and, and be prepared quickly, but it was hard to get down to the rock. But Jesus said this, everyone who hears my words and does them is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. Don't miss this. Build your life and your everyday actions on what the Word says, what Jesus says, and do what He says. Uh, day two it was a very awesome, cool day. Lexi Cornelius is going to come and share a little bit about uh, her favorite part of day two. What's, what was the bottom line for day two? Believe who Jesus is. And this day was my favorite because about two months ago, I was sitting on the couch and I found out my sister's best friend had cancer and I doubted Jesus. But then I heard the song Believe on the radio and I found, 
but now she's cancer free and I believe that and it just reminds me of how Jesus and God works in wonderful ways. Amen. a fifth grader, so we want to see you back here next year serving as well. Uh, but what do you love about VBS? What excites you and what did you find really fun this year? I love the missions because you get to learn about God, but you also get to have fun while learning. I like missions too. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, Lexi. On day two, not only do we believe who Jesus is, the boys and girls learned uh, through the Old Testament what the prophet said about Jesus. He would do this and he would do that. But there was a day during the life of Jesus when he was alive and he walked around, he was teaching, and he went up to some of his disciples and he says, I know uh, some say I'm a prophet, some say I'm a, uh, I'm a miracle worker, some say I'm just a good teacher. But then he said, looking at them, he says, who do you say I am? And some of them are quiet, but here's what Peter said. Peter says, I believe you're the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And we know that is the great confession, that if we believe in our hearts that Jesus is God's Son and He can be our Savior, we need to say that. And you're going to see others do that today. Lexi believes that. Tyler does. Do you? On day three, the, the bottom line was love who Jesus loves. I've done about 20, well, 30 years of EBS now, and... One of the reoccurring things, when we, ever, we always ask the, uh, the VBS kids, hey, who do you love? We hear this right from the beginning. I love my grandma and grandpa. So if you're grandma and grandpa, feel special. You're loved. <laughs> we also hear quick, a second is we love mom and dad. Yeah, give it up for grandmas and grandpas. <laughs> Moms and dads. But what I've also found is sometimes it's hard to love the people in your own family, like a brother or a sister. Raise your hand if you ever have trouble loving a brother or sister. Okay, if you have one, don't be so eager, okay? Relax. Um, I've also done VBS long enough to know that if you see two boys or a boy and a girl fighting, you could almost bet it was a brother or sister, a set of siblings. <laughs> if you see a mom or dad or a, a, a dad or a son arguing or getting into it, you could almost guarantee it was Tyson and one of his boys over the years of EBS. We, we often will be hardest on and, and have hard time to love our own family. Your family may be like that. I would encourage you to love like Jesus, starting at home. Husbands with your wives. Boys with your sister, your brother. We, we need to start loving the people that sometimes are annoying, that, that we can't hardly seem to want to be with even one more minute. Uh, that's why this really touched me. This week at VBS, uh, Tiff and I were cleaning up in the, uh, the big gym. She was restocking like uh, the bags for leaders, and I was just kind of uh, sweeping in there. And there was these two boys in the gym just kind of hanging out. One was two years old. He was not here for VBS, but his family was involved. So we, we take care of those children. And then his brother was there kind of watching. He was first grader. The two-year-old's shoe kept coming untied, and before I knew it, the little boy, the first grader, was over with his brother and tying his shoes, and I just kind of paid attention. It probably took four or five minutes for him to get both shoes tied correctly. He stood up, and he says, love you, brother. But he had first showed his love and love like Jesus by taking the time to get down on his knees, and that little two-year-old that I bet a lot of times he can't hardly tolerate, okay? I'm choosing my words carefully. 
There are times when it's really hard to love like Jesus, but that's what he calls us to do. I wonder who Jesus is calling you to love right now. Take five minutes out of your day, today or tomorrow, and and maybe get down on your knees literally or, or go out of your way, humble yourself and love them. It'll make a difference in their life and you'll shine for Jesus. Love like Jesus loves. On day four, we learned this, to share what Jesus did. This was Flip Flop and I's favorite one because we get to talk about the gospel. The gospel is simply this, that Jesus loved you enough to die for you and he came back to life and he lives and you can live when you believe and trust him. It's the good news. And we need to share it. The gospel is so exciting. It gets us all fired up inside. And yes, it's awesome to go out and to share the good news that we read in the Bible. But some of us are probably sitting there. I know I talk to the boys and girls and they're like, well, I don't know how to do that. I don't want to stand up in front of people. You probably saw the singing this morning. It's frightening standing up. Or I don't like to teach or things. Well, we can share Jesus with people in so many different ways. It's all around us. You might see that person that is hurting, and you go and you sit with them, and you comfort them. We're sharing what Jesus did. It might be that person or the family that's really in need of something, and you go and you share what Jesus did with them. Or it is... 98 of you that took your time, your energy, you were here every day, and you volunteered at VBS this week. That's sharing what Jesus did. It looks different for a lot of us, but we have all been made unique, and we can all share what Jesus did. So if you get that feeling rustling inside of you, that nudge, That's the Holy Spirit empowering you to make the move. So don't hold back. I encourage you to go and make that move and to share what Jesus did. On day four, we challenged the kids with this question, and I'll challenge you all here today. Who is the Holy Spirit nudging you to go and make that move with and to share what Jesus did? Awesome. On day five, after knowing that we're always going to be sharing it, sometimes it'll take us to different places. But this idea is go where Jesus leads. For some of you, you're like, I am in this room full of kids and Sunday morning and God has led me here. And I I know you're right where you need to be. Others of you, uh, the thing outside your comfort zone will be to go across the street tomorrow to talk to a friend. But where is God leading you that may be difficult to go to shine for him? For Paul in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, the Apostle Paul, God took him to a place called Athens. And Athens is not that different than America today. Because Paul, after watching them for a little bit, he says, oh, you're, you're very smart, you're intelligent, and you're super spiritual. You're, you're very religious. You, you, you think you honor uh, the gods in all these different ways. But he says, what's interesting, you even have gods that you say have no name. He says, you're really kind of ignorant. That that just means uninformed. It's not a bad word. He says, you're trying to be so spiritual. You've made a God that you don't even know. There's no way you can know because he doesn't exist. But I want to tell you about the God that does exist. The God that died and resurrected from the the grave. The, The God that is alive today. And he tells them about Jesus and how he has resurrection power. 
So wherever we go, no matter if it's at work or the ball field or, or school in a, in a couple weeks, the hope we have in Jesus that if we believe in him, we can live even when we die, that changes everything, that hope. And we want that for you. Today, if you hear little bits and pieces that tug at your heart, Tiffany and I would love to talk to you more, uh, an elder would. I would just put it this way. If you know somebody's following Jesus and you want to follow them, talk to them. Say, what what have you been doing to follow Jesus? And we're going to grow together. It's called walking with one another, following him. Awesome. If you would stand with me, we're going to read this verse together. I will start and lead us. If you would follow along with me, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You may be seated. That was our theme verse for this week, and I had the privilege and honor of taking 76 high school students to this conference in Michigan and nine adult leaders. So a part of your generosity we'll talk about later. Thank you so much for allowing us to do this. It's one of the best things we do all year, and I get get the honor of telling you guys, what did we talk about? What did we learn? And our theme at MOVE this year was nevertheless, and this was the heartbeat verse of our Weak. And I know what you might be thinking, nevertheless, I don't use that language in my own um, today. Um, it's actually, the more I started to think about it, the more the week went on, I started to realize that the Christian life is just one big nevertheless. One of the passages I think about when I hear this word is Ephesians 2, verses 1 through 5. It says this, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, and you were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ, and it's by grace you have been saved. Did you catch it? In the middle of that, we, it talks about this idea, there's a contrast. It says, but God, it says that we were dead in our sin and our trespasses. I love that word trespass because it tells me a place that I should not go or a place I should not be. And the reality is, is that we lived in the passions of our flesh, the desires of our bodies, and by nature, we deserve death. But what's the good news? Right in the middle of that passage, it says, but God, this is our contrast. This is our nevertheless, despite our sin, our adultery, our death, God made us alive in Christ, and it's by grace through faith that you are saved. I wonder what your but God moment is. What what sin, what isolation, what addiction, what brokenness that God stepped into and saved you from? Our first night, we looked at the same contrast between God and us, two things that seem like they shouldn't go together. We have a perfect, a holy, a supreme, all-knowing, all-powerful creator God, and then you have us, unholy, sinful, lowly, limited, powerless, created mankind. And our main truth for the first day was we are undeserving. Nevertheless, Jesus is for us. Do you believe that this morning? that God demonstrated his own love for us in this while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you believe that a holy God loves you and is willing to lay down his life for you even though you don't deserve it? The first night students were challenged to think, man, what if I put Jesus and me together? 
And each day we had a hand motion that kind of helped us hone in these truths. And so I want you guys to do this with me. Um, We are just going to open our hands. Um, So everyone open your hands to receive this truth. A lot of the times we try to work out our own salvation and we try to figure it on ourselves. We try to read our Bible more. We try to go to church. But the truth of the gospel is that we don't have to do anything to receive this gift from the Lord. And so this was our first posture. The second posture is we want control. Nevertheless, Jesus is over us. So we're going to raise our hands to the sky. Jesus is over us. And that was our second truth for day two. And this night was a little bit different at CIY. Instead of a sermon, they had a CIY movie that they showed to the students. And man, was it powerful. Um, To just kind of summarize the movie for you, there's this man in the village. You can go ahead and put your hands down if you're still doing that. Um, But there's a video, there's a movie that talked about this guy um, who was from a Kenyan village. And there, there was an opportunity for him to receive the gospel outside of his village. And when he came home, he couldn't help but share it with his friends. And so he's sharing, he's sitting around talking with his friends. He's like, hey, you should share with us, the whole village, what you learned when you were away. And so this guy has an opportunity to share the good news. And so he shares it to his village. And the problem is his dad is the leader of the village and he is very shamed by by his son. He then goes talk to his son and says, Hey, man, you have the opportunity here. You can either choose your family or you can choose your faith or there's going to be consequences. And so this starts to unfold and the dad actually hires a witch doctor to come and inflict pain on his own son. And this guy has, has created this disunity between his family. Long story short, the father ends up, well, the, the son moves away and he's able to receive healing, um, all these things. And years later, his, his father comes to him and he has the opportunity to forgive him. And so this is a, it's a beautiful movie. I would encourage you um, to go to CIY's website. You can actually download this and you can do it with your small groups. It has material for you, you can work through. It's called Where the River Divides. But the three words that students were encouraged to grab a hold of, depending on whatever situation they were in, are surrender, forgive, mend, and yield. In the story, there's different characters that go through these things. And I wonder what the Lord is stirring up in you, what you need to do to surrender, to forgive, to maybe mend a relationship or to yield your will over to the Lord. It was a powerful night where students were able to let go of these things and come talk to us as leaders and we were able to pray over him. We want control. Nevertheless, Jesus is above us. The day three, we fail. Nevertheless, Jesus is in us. And cross your arms across your chest with me. Jesus is in us. Our main passage for this was Mark 5, where Jesus restores a demon-possessed man. And Jesus and his disciples are traveling by boat when they get to the garrisons. And there's this demon-possessed man that actually runs out to meet them. And it's a really crazy story. This man is in a tomb. And I don't know about you, but people usually don't live in tombs. Tombs are for dead people. And so this man is basically Dead. There is a demon inside of him, and he runs to Jesus, and he falls at his feet. And Jesus has an interesting encounter with him. And instead of doing something you think he would do is just cast out the demon, he says, what is your name? 
Now, I think it's interesting. I think Jesus is speaking to this demon, not necessarily to this man. He says, what is your name? The demon responds. He says, my name is Legion, for I am many. And if you know the rest of the story, he cast, Jesus casts these demons into these pigs. He casts them out into these pigs, and these pigs run into the lake, and they die. But the main point of the night was to name our chains to name our chains and name the thing that is keeping us from a right relationship with God. And the challenge was to call it out, to name it, to ask for prayer. And so what are your chains that are keeping you from experiencing God's freedom? I encourage you, talk to your, your, your spouse, talk to a friend next to you, talk to somebody today, name it by name and give it to the Lord. We fail. Nevertheless, Jesus is in us. Day four, we are connected. Nevertheless, Jesus is between us. I want you guys to put your arms around the people next to you. I know it's kind of awkward. Just do it. It's fine. They won't bite. Well, some people might, but it's fine. Um, this was probably my favorite night and the students' favorite night, if you were to ask them. Um, but we are disconnected. Nevertheless, Jesus is a binding agent. Jesus is a person who connects the church together. And one thing that stood out to me on this day, we were looking through John 13 where Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And just think about this with me. Jesus is about to be betrayed. He's about to be um, led up to his death. Is it possible that in this night, Jesus' feet were dirty while Judas' feet were clean? This act of service reveals the powerful gospel truth that real love always looks like sacrifice. And the church is the church when we embody the love of Christ. Jesus is the binding agent for our communities. And without Jesus, this whole room, nobody would be in the same place together. That's the one thing that unites us. And our theme for this past school year at Youth Group has been to be one, to be united under this call of Christ. And this was the most powerful night for a youth group. I could sit back as a youth pastor and watch um, the Lord move because they, after the sermon, instead of worshiping right away, they encouraged the students to move in the room, to go encourage somebody to speak truth into them, ask forgiveness for someone in their group that they needed to mend a relationship. And you just see all these students loving on one another, praying for one another. And I was thinking in my head, I was looking at these students and I said, man, this is the church. This is a church loving one another, lifting each other up. And that's the type of spirit that um, I, I would love to, to create for, for my youth group. But it, the reality is the students have to create that themselves. And so who do you need to encourage and love today? Before you leave service, I want to encourage you to do that. And I'm tempted to provide space for you guys to do this right now. But um, the reality is this could change someone's life. And so think about someone you can encourage and love on before you leave this place. We are disconnected. Nevertheless, Jesus is between us. And day five, we are weak. Nevertheless, Jesus lives through us. We're just going to put our arms out for this one. Jesus lives through us. Our main passage was Matthew 16, verse 23 through 28. And it says this, Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to live their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. This is a powerful closing night where the speaker, he made this main claim that salvation is free, but discipleship costs everything. He explained how bearing your cross is actually giving authority over to Jesus. And it's a joy that we get to experience God's plan, that God chooses to use us despite us. 
And the truth is we are weak. Nevertheless, Jesus lives through us. And so the call for the students was, hey, if this is true, you have work to do. And you actually are empowered to do that by the Holy Spirit. There's lots of decisions made, some of which you will see today. We have some confessions, some baptisms. There's some, a lot of rededications and a handful of students who are wrestling with, is God calling me to do ministry with my life for my vocation? And what touched me as a youth pastor is the last decision is all this, almost all of our students stood up for being a kingdom worker, using their gifts to bring God glory in their places and their spaces. And so... As, as we close our, our time together, I would like to invite Braxton Adcock to stage here. She is going to um, share a part of her experience with CIY, and she's been a part of our ministry for about a year now, and she's going to share um, her experience with CIY and what the Lord has been doing. So, Hi, guys. My name is Braxton Adcock. I'm going to be a junior at Greenville High School this upcoming year. July 25th will be the time, one year, that my my best friend Addison baptized me. We didn't realize how much of an impact it would make on the younger generation and it's crazy just to think about it now. So last year I went to CIY, moved to Lincoln, Nebraska and it was my first time going. I was super new into my faith so I didn't really know what to fully expect for this trip but I was expecting for the Lord to give me big signs and just speak through me. Over the past year I really struggled with knowing if I was doing enough in my faith. So for example I wasn't praying enough, and if I was, I was thanking the Lord for things instead of thanking him for the many blessings that I already had. Mm. I wasn't reading my Bible enough. I was in this cycle of sin, all, like all the time, and I felt like I was constantly disappointing the Lord in my life. It took me a long time for me to realize that the Lord is for me, always, and that he loves me regardless of my sins. So, going into this CIY to Holland, Michigan, I knew that I was going to have a great time, but my expectations were low on something happening within my faith. Spoiler alert, I was wrong. <laughs> um, I went through a lot of emotions during that week that ranged from happiness to sadness to frustration. But towards the end of the week, the speaker wanted us to go around and tell people who we saw Jesus in and encourage them. I was shocked with the amount of younger girls who came up to me and telling me that they saw Jesus in me and that I impacted their faith. Mm. It was, I felt it was the Lord's way of t encouraging me and my faith, and I'm so thankful for all the amazing leaders and all the friendships that blossom there, and it's so amazing. Thank you. Awesome. Let's praise God for Braxton. <laughs> Just stay here. And then I would also like to invite Jenna to the stage. Jenna is the young lady that... Um, came up to Braxton and encouraged her and said, hey, I've seen Jesus in you. And what Braxton is going to do with Jenna is take her profession of faith. There's going to be a baptism a couple weeks um, down the road. But this is one of the joys of walking with our friends and growing young. So if you want to lead her in that great confession. So please repeat this confession after me. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God, the son of the living God, and I take him, and I take him as my personal Lord and Savior. And I take him as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. <laughs> awesome. And we have one last confession, and Morgan is going to lead um, 
Emma in this, and you guys can come on and head up here as well. And Emma's actually going to be baptized today, so we get to celebrate with her, um, and so I'll, I'll give you the floor there. Well, good morning, church. This is Emma, and just the fact that Emma is standing up here today is just a testament that the Holy Spirit has been working in her life far before our past cross. And Emma, this is truly the best decision you will ever make in your life, and I can say that genuinely. But I'll be candid with you. This is also going to be a difficult decision. And I can tell you that following Jesus doesn't always consist of these big monumental events. Although these are important, most of following Jesus is the everyday moments of choosing to do the right thing when no one's watching. Of choosing kindness, even when someone is unkind to you. And the Lord does not guarantee physical safety, does not guarantee comfort, he does not guarantee health, he does not guarantee health. But what I can tell you is that the Lord guarantees a peace that passes all understanding. He guarantees that he is for us and will never forsake us. He guarantees eternity, and he guarantees a hope that truly changes us. So what I can tell you is that following Jesus has been the best, most beautiful, most difficult, messy, but most wonderful decision that I've ever made. And I'm so excited for you. So go ahead and repeat after me. I believe. I believe that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the Living God. The Son of the Living God. And I take him. And I take him. As my personal Lord and Savior. As my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. So these ladies are going to get ready for that baptism, and band, you can come on up. But I want you guys to lock in, okay, because there's a truth here for you today. If you were just brought by a family member or a friend here because of a little kid, the truth is this, that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that the life you now live is dead. It's over with. And the life that you now live is with Christ living through you. It's no longer your life. It's his. And so what is the Lord calling you to do this morning, there's going to be people standing off to the side to receive you. If you need prayer, if you need anything, if you need a move, feel free to do that. Uh, my prayer, my hope is that you are encouraged by these young people um, and that um, if you have a decision to make, please come forward. We'd love to talk with you and love on you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your son. We thank you for this truth, Lord, that the life we now live, Lord, is crucified. It's done with, Lord. But the truth is and the, the gospel truth is that we get to live in a life that of freedom, to live in a life, Lord, that, um, Lord, you call us to, and that is good, and that is holy, and that is perfect. Lord, we thank you for that truth, that we are not dead in our sin, but you've made us alive in Christ. Lord, I pray for the, the families, and, and the kids, and the students that are in this room, Lord, that you walk within this week, that you show them your love, that you show them your grace. Lord, and may we be people who, who, who share your love, with those we come in contact with, who use our gifts to bring you glory. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Amen.